Hello, everyone. Welcome to Let's Go Up Podcast Edition. Yeah, where we explore the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. We're your hosts. I'm Dean. I'm Caritas. Welcome back. We are still here, and we are on the same topic as last week. We are. Let us refresh your memory. This is the first time we've split a episode into two. I don't know what we were thinking when we could talk about worship in just one episode. <laughs> no way. It's not going to happen. Amateurs. We should have known. <laughs> right? Amateurs. We are amateurs. <laughs> Part two of the mysteries of worship. We were only up to our knees last time. To our knees. Yeah. This waiting. time we're going in deeper. Yeah. You didn't wear your bathing suit, I see. You didn't get my memo. All right. Part two of Mysteries of Worship. Mm-hmm. The last time we were talking about in spirit and in truth. Yeah. Jesus talking to the Samaritan woman, changing the game in spirit and in truth. Jesus gave us a new location mm-hmm. in spirit, in the breath of the spirit. Yeah. And he gave us a new heart attitude yeah. in truth. Bam! There you go. So if this podcast is encouraging to you, consider hitting like or subscribe. And if you're watching on YouTube. Oh, you can click the notification bell. There you go. There's also a website with some blogs and links to make everything easy. Let's go up dot us because we're in this together. Good place to go to find anything related to let's go up. Mm-hmm. Kritis, you do such a good job. All those posts, ah. the reels, mm, yes. so much fun. All right, so we're going to jump right in today. We're going to talk more about the kingdom of heaven, about the kingdom of worship. Kratos, I was thinking right from the very beginning, this has all been about worship. Who will you worship? Even before the earth was formed, the devil was wanting to be worshipped himself. That's what got him thrown out of heaven. Yeah, where is the... In Ezekiel. Ezekiel, yes. Yes. I knew that. I was testing you. Now I hope I've got it right. (laughs) Because last time I thought it was Isaiah, but it's actually Ezekiel. Okay, tune in next week because we're going to spend the rest of the time now reading through Ezekiel. (laughs) We're going to find out where in Ezekiel it is. Ezekiel 28, verse 11. Thus saith the Lord, you had the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering, the ruby, the topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, the jasper. The turquoise, the emerald, and the gold, the workmanship of your settings and your sockets was in you on the day you were created. You were the anointed cherub who covers, Mm -hmm. and I placed you there, and you were on the holy mountain of God. You walked in the midst of the stones of fire. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created until unrighteousness was found in you. This is talking about Lucifer. Mm Mm-hmm. A few weeks ago, we talked about gemstones. Yeah. Lucifer had gems built into him. It says, the gold and the workmanship of your settings and your sockets was in you on the day that you were created. Yeah. See, God, he loves his gems. He does. (laughs) This was a being covered with gems. Yeah. So much so that when the glory of God shone on him, he lit up like a... I was going to say like a Christmas tree, but there's no way you yeah, can describe that. N- not even comparable. The glory of God refracting off of all of that bling. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like when you see these pictures of galaxies yeah. taken from the Hubble and stuff. It's just like you can't even wrap your mind around it. You know it's a photo. Reality is just so much more extreme. <laughs> you were the anointed cherub who covers. Mm. He was above the throne of God, covering, mm. hovering there leading worship from that place, and I placed you there. You were on the holy mountain of God. 
You walked in the midst of the stones of fire. Then it says, You were internally filled with violence and you sinned. Therefore I have cast you as profane from the mountain of God, and I have destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. This was an impressive scene in heaven when the sons of God shouted for joy before the foundations of the earth. Can you imagine this worship leader leading the throngs of heaven in worship from the place of the covering over top the throne of God? It says he was a cherub. I wonder if there used to be five of them. Mm. You know how in the book of Revelation it says there's four creatures? Mm. I wonder if there used to be a fifth one. Four of them, one on each corner, and a fifth one Mm. covering. Wow. So if he was cast down from that position, then could it be possible that we are destined now to become the covering of the glory of God, the ones who carry the glory? It makes you wonder, because why does he care so much? I can tell you one thing from my lifetime worth of experience in the field of worship. The devil hates worship. Why does he hate that so much? Someone replacing him. Mm, I wonder. Anyway, we shall continue on. We said we were going (laughs) deep. We're just going to leave that there. Yes. (laughs) Let you do with it what you want. We are going to come back to it. Luke 17, 21. The kingdom of God does not come in such a way as to be seen. No one will say, look, here it is. There it is. Because the kingdom of God is within you. They were asking Jesus, when's the kingdom coming? Mm -hmm. And he said, you're not going to be able to say here it is or there it is. The kingdom of heaven is within you. And that's where the crickets began. The disciples looked around. At each other. What? (laughs) What did he just say? (laughs) That's what he just said. So we talked a little bit last week about Entos inside. The kingdom of God is inside you. Today I thought what we would do is go to the book of Revelation and find some similar language in the experience that John had. Oh yes, what an experience. Exiled. Pretty sure he was tortured before he was exiled. Did they not try to kill him? But They tried to boil him in oil, it says. Couldn't kill him, boiling it, but didn't work, apparently. For John, I imagined it as a spa bath. <laughs> you know the oil, the essential oil? So you're just like all this, you got. <laughs> it just get warming me up. <laughs> Can you add a little bit of lavender, please? <laughs> so they exile him to this island. Yeah, what what do you him. do with a guy that you can't kill? <laughs> yeah. And what does he do? Moan and whine and complain and kick the sand? He was probably pretty hungry. No one around. All of his possessions gone. All by himself. But what do you do when you're on your own? This guy chooses to worship. Revelation chapter 1, verse 9. I, John, your brother and fellow partaker in the tribulation and kingdom and perseverance which are in Jesus, was on the island called Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. John was in the spirit. Hmm. So Jesus said, if you're going to worship, you're going to worship in spirit and in truth. In Noma, in spirit, is this exact same phrase. In this translation, it says, I was in the spirit. Mm -hmm. But even in my footnote at the bottom, it says in spirit. And if you look it up in the Greek, it is actually in Noma. I was in spirit Mm. on the Lord's day. So John was in spirit and he has this encounter with Jesus. Yeah, it's pretty epic. A trumpet. He writes down seven messages for the seven churches, which are epic as well. I can barely remember what I did yesterday. And this guy writes this experience down like that Mm -hmm. in itself is pretty supernatural. Yeah. We're going to jump in just at the very end of chapter three. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, 
I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. So there's a door that needs to be opened here. He's standing at the door and he's knocking. So immediately when we jump to chapter 4 of Revelation, the first thing that happens is, after these things I looked and behold, a door was standing open. So whoever heard the knocking on the door has opened the door. And the voice which I had first heard, like the sound of a trumpet, speaking with me, said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after these things. Immediately I was in spirit. Once again, he's in spirit. Mm. And he sees a throne, and he experiences worship in heaven. So John was in spirit. Those verses there, the combination of what Jesus said and the combination of what happened to John and me realizing that that same phrase that Jesus said when he said, you must worship in spirit, and then a door opened in heaven and all this stuff happened in spirit. That drew me forward, that inner world. So that voice, that trumpet, that call come up here, that changed my life. I started on a journey to find this door and to open up this door, and to find this world of in spirit. And so in my mind, if I wanted to go and worship a king, I would need to find his throne, Mm -hmm. I would need to go to his throne, I would need to bring my worship to him there. All of these thoughts kept going on and on in my mind, around in a cycle. And I pressed in, and I pressed in, and I pressed in, until I finally came to the realization of where this place was. And I discovered it by accident, and I didn't really see it in the Word at first. I would experience it, and then He would take me to these places and show me this. Yeah, I love that. Like, such a Father's heart. He didn't just want you to know the Word, right? Like, memorize this, know this. Like, He gives you experience, and then He shows you, see? And that's the essence of the Hebrew word, to know. That's very controversial to a lot of people. They want to study first, and they want to get the book knowledge. Mm -hmm. But with worship, the Father led me by experience first. Isn't that how we're all essentially drawn to Him, is experiencing Him? Like, if you truly are believing in the existence of God, isn't it an experience that draws people to Him? Because you can read the Word and memorize it and study it. You could quite literally memorize the whole Bible and still not know God. But to experience Him, to meet Him, that's kind of the way He reaches out. Mm -hmm. So I just want to read a little bit here. And the glow of an emerald circled his throne like a rainbow. So once again, there we have a bunch of gems. Mm. Heaven is made out of gems. (laughs) Yeah. He likes his bling. God likes his bling. He likes shiny stuff. Yeah. (laughs) He likes shining his light through things and letting it refract Mm -hmm. all over the place. Light beams. Yeah. (laughs) Flying off in different directions. A lot of bling, a lot of pizzazz, a lot of visual stimulation. I feel like when we worship and we're in this place that he's describing here, it would be hard to notice anything else going around. You can be so overcome. You really can be so caught up in worship that you don't know where you are. Yeah, and isn't that a beautiful place to be? I spend as much time as I can getting to that place where I'm in the presence of God, one-on-one with my Father and with Jesus, with the guidance of the Holy Spirit, to the place where I'm completely caught up in His presence. Mm. The Father loves to bring us there. He loves to show us things. He loves to infuse us with His glory and His light and His love. All those things happen in that atmosphere. And then when your heart yearns with the kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, you know what it's like. You know what it's like in heaven. I heard someone put it once, let's bring the fruitfulness of the garden to the barrenness of the earth. That's definitely a mic drop. Yep. 
Because heaven is like one big, massive garden. Have you ever been around someone who wears like a certain scent all the time and then you don't even have to hug them, you're around them and you leave and you smell like them? Mm -hmm. I know someone like this. My husband knows if I've been to her house or on a walk with her because I smell like her. (laughs) This is how strong it is. You're with someone long enough, you start sounding like them. I had three sisters. High school, none of our friends ever knew who was talking to them on the phone because we talked the same, had the same bad years, and because we lived together. And so you're in the kingdom, and then you're living on this earth. If you spend time there, you're going to start smelling like it and speaking like it. Yeah. <laughs> bringing that fruitfulness. You start to take on the fragrance and the yeah the culture. Mm, culture, yeah. Heaven. Mm-hmm. The motive and the the atmosphere. and In heaven, worship permeates everything that happens. It's constantly in the background of everything. Yeah. There's a constant sound of music and singing and worship. Everything is giving glory. In fact, you can feel the outer reaches of the galaxies coming in, returning glory to that one place, to the mm. throne. The funny thing is we think on earth when we were worshiping that we're a big deal. Yeah. But worship happens all over the universe. Yeah. Billions and trillions of stars and galaxies and light years. Everything is returning glory to God. Worship is a universal deal. So when we add our little planetary vibe. I like that. Our planetary vibe. (laughs) It just adds to the fullness of it. Mm -hmm. It's like when you're listening to some orchestra and you think it sounds so full, but then in comes the flutes and you're like, whoa. It fills it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. planetary vibe fills out the orchestra on that side <laughs> yeah so dean you have some pretty profound personal experiences mm-hmm. that grew from your times with the lord and worship do you want to go a little deeper in there we're really sure. gonna swim yeah go deep enough that your feet aren't touching the riverbed anymore So this one night, I remember thinking about end time events because it was one of those seasons in my life where I was reading the book of Revelation. But what the Holy Spirit had asked me to do is he had asked me to read Revelation chapter four every day. And so I had read it every day for, I think, a couple of months. So I was living in this chapter. I went to bed with that on my mind. And then when I came to in dreamland, I discovered that I was actually in Revelation chapter four. And because it was such a part of my heart, I saw the whole thing taking place. I remember seeing those four living creatures Mm -hmm. around the throne. They looked way different than I thought they would. How so? Yeah. You're going to laugh. Because they already sound pretty weird. They are pretty weird. (laughs) In the the (laughs) write-up. Yeah, in the (laughs) (laughs) write-up. They sound pretty strange in the write-up. You're right. But... They looked like a teenager who had had a growth spurt, who had grown and not filled out yet. Oh, yeah. They were awkward. Yeah. And lanky. Uh-huh. Very tall. And they were constantly going like this with their hands. Holy, holy, holy Pushing is the forward. Lord. Pushing them forward. Mm. Not overhanded, mm-hmm. but underhanded. Mm. Waving them towards the throne like that. Holy, holy is the Lord. And they kept looking at the throne. Every time the father who was on the throne would shift a little bit. Holy, holy, holy. They would start all over again. It was like they saw a whole new side of him and away they'd go again. Any subtle movement. (laughs) Wow. Gives you a whole new definition to the word shift. They kept picking up on these shifts Mm. and offering holy, holy, holy to the throne. But I was down on the floor close to the elders. That's where I was watching everything from. And the elders fascinated me 
they had these crowns in their hands and they would try to throw them and cast them to the throne, but they couldn't get rid of them. They would cast them and then they, they would whoop, they would come right back into their hands again. They were trying to get rid of them. They didn't want the crowns. They wanted to give this glory to God, mm. but they kept coming back. One of these things that I guess I would have never picked up on, but you have an encounter like that and you go, where's that in the word? Let me just read you one phrase. Whenever the living beings give glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the throne, whenever. Hmm. The word whenever. Which implies more than one time. Which implies <laughs> it's been happening for mm -hmm. eons. Hmm. Whenever the living creatures begin to give glory and honor, the elders try to throw their crowns. Mm -hmm. How do they get their crowns back? So once again, the father led me by encounter, and then he brought me to the scripture. Yeah. So once you see it and experience it, then that one word, whenever, made sense to me yeah. all well, over again. And you notice it. How many times have you had you read that before and not noticed the whenever and what that actually means? Yeah. Right? Like, oh yeah, cast and crowns, moving on. The next. Moving on. Yeah. No, whenever. They... But he gives you this experience, and then that whenever. Yeah. It's like the therefores or just as is that he puts in there. Mm. Like you have these experiences and then those start to just like scream. <laughs> so a simple thing like that. I was watching the elders and I felt very comfortable with them because they were human people. There was such love coming off of them. Mm, yeah. And they wanted to worship and they were trying to get rid of these crowns, but they kept coming back. It was almost like they had rubber bands on them. <laughs> yeah. They would come back. I think I mentioned this in a previous podcast, but I also caught the eye of the Father just for an instant. His face is so expressive. Oh, yeah, I remember every, you saying this. Every look speaks. Billions of words Billions in one of look. words in one look, yeah. yeah. He didn't say anything. He just looked at me, and I understood so many things about myself, mm. about his love for me. Mm. It was filled with such humor. In fact, it was so profound that I can't even remember it. I wasn't able to even bring it back, but I just know that it happened. Mm -hmm. So there were a lot of things that happened, and I relived this whole scene. I think because I had been immersed in it for so many months, the Father just chose to take me there. Yeah. Okay, let's just show him what this is like. And he gave me this amazing encounter, and it rocked my world, it changed my life, and made me hungry for, yeah. for the kingdom hmm. and for that perspective. It reminds me of that verse in Jeremiah, the way the message words it. When you seek me and you want me more than anything else, mm -hmm. I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. Yeah. I could tell you so many more things. I used to be really reluctant about talking. Paul had a similar experience, I think. Mm -hmm. He was reluctant to talk about it too. He talked about it in the context of, I could boast on these things, but I would rather boast of my weakness. Yeah. That's how Paul put it. I think he knew, too, the distraction that it could cause mm -hmm. in a certain environment, a certain group of people. Yeah. He had discernment there. If he started saying, I had this experience taken up into the third heaven, yeah. yada, yada, that it could really get kind of off the point. And it can also put people's eyes on you yeah. rather than putting them yeah. on Jesus. Because so, there's one thing I realized when I was there. This is not about us. Don't ever limit anything with the kingdom and God to our experience that we've had thus far. The Father has encounter for every one of his children. It might not all look the same, each in our own way yeah, and in the way that he wants to reveal the kingdom to us. Mm -hmm. So you're right. Never limit what that might look like. Yeah. And don't be afraid of 
other people's experiences or your experiences. And if somebody shares an experience, don't put them on a pedestal because what I would want is for it to stir up a hunger in somebody to find their place of encounter with Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit and with heaven, with the kingdom of heaven and with worship. The glory all comes from him and it all gets returned back to him. Mm -hmm. There's no other place for that glory to go. It belongs to him. Mm -hmm. I will not give it to another, he says in Isaiah. Mm-hmm. I would like to read a couple of chapters from the book of Enoch. Okay. Yeah. We're going there. We are going in deep. Okay. No more bottom. I haven't We're felt, swimming I haven't right felt the bottom for a while. So. You haven't felt the bottom for a while. Okay. Now you're Just not... going with the current. Yeah, we're going with the current. Okay. This particular book of Enoch that I'm going to read from is the third book of Enoch. A Jewish rabbi went to heaven and he met Enoch. Enoch gave him a tour of heaven. That's what third Enoch is all about. It's about the tour. Ooh, okay. Yeah, he toured all seven heavens, the highest heaven, parts of the universe where different things would happen. He toured the city. He toured different ranks of angels. Enoch showed him all of the different places where the books are written, all of the different types of angels, what they were doing, what their classes were. Very fascinating. It's not scripture, but to me it carries a special resonance. Mm. Yeah, and Enoch's quoted a few times in the New Testament. The phrase, let your yes be yes and your no be no, or let your yea be yea and your nay be nay, comes directly from the book of Enoch. Okay. Jesus quoted that. Mm-hmm. This particular place that I'm going to read is all about a heavenly scene of worship. And it's something that repeats over and over periodically in heaven, just like the one in Revelation that we've been reading about. And it causes quite a stir in the heavenly hosts every time that it happens. It is called the Kedusha, the sacred salutation of holy, holy, holy. Okay. Yeah. Kedusha. Kedusha. Holy, holy, holy is a thing in heaven. Even in the fourth chapter of Revelation, those four living creatures, that's what they say. Holy, holy, holy. Mm. So this tells about that. Okay. When that happens, how it happens, what it looks like. The singing of holy, holy, holy is answered by the phrase, blessed be the kingdom of the Lord forever and ever. So there's a call and there's an answer. Mm -hmm. The book of Enoch describes a place in front of the throne, surrounded by fire and water in chapter 34 of 3rd Enoch. So that's where I'm going to pick up reading. This is fascinating to me. (laughs) I hope it's fascinating to you and to our listeners. So here I am reading from the book of Enoch. Whoever thought I would be doing that? on a podcast. But here we go. But it's not a podcast. It's a pod show. It's a pod show. Here we go. So round about the fire and the water are those who utter the holy. That's the song that they sing, holy. Mm. Round about those who utter the holy are those who utter the blessed. That's the blessed be the name of the kingdom. And round about those who utter the blessed are bright clouds. Now listen to this. 506,000 thousandths of camps of angels has the Holy One, blessed be He, in the highest heaven, which is the seventh heaven, and each camp has 496,000 angels in it. Can you imagine how many angels that is? (laughs) 506,000 thousandths of camps, with each camp having 496,000 angels in it. And they all stand before the throne of glory in four rows with the princes of the army standing at the head of each row. So they're standing around the throne in four rows and at the head of each row is the prince of the whole host. 
And some of them utter the holy, and others utter the blessed. And some of them run as messengers, and others stand in attendance, as it is written in Daniel 7.10, Thousand upon thousands ministered unto him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. It's very interesting how in this account in the book of Enoch, it actually references a lot of scripture. Yeah. And in the hour when the time draws near to say the holy, first there goes forth a whirlwind from before the holy one, blessed be he, and it bursts upon the camp of the Shekinah, and there arises a great commotion among them, as it is written in Jeremiah thirty twenty three, Behold, the whirlwind of the Lord goes forth with a fury and a continuing commotion. So when they're getting ready to sing this song, the holy and the blessed, this whirlwind comes forth from the throne yeah. and throws everything into confusion, causes a great stir yeah. among all the angels. I bet. They get very excited. At the time when the ministering angels desire to sing the song, a fiery stream rises and it passes under the throne of glory between the camps of the ministering angels and the troops of heaven. So when we were talking at the beginning of this podcast about the fiery stones that Lucifer was standing among, here it references those Mm. fiery stones. A fiery stream rises and it passes under the throne of glory between all the camps of these angels and their hosts. Mm, Wow. So there's a fiery stream there. Now listen to this. All of the ministering angels go down into the fiery stream and they dip themselves in the fire and dip their tongue in the fire seven times because they need to purify themselves because this is a serious business, Yeah, (laughs) this worship. And after that, they go up and put on the garment of praise and they cover themselves with cloaks of shashmal. Shashmal is a word that means electricity or light. Wow. They cover themselves with cloaks of light and they stand in their four rows adjacent to the throne of glory. So they're getting ready to sing. Mm -hmm. A whirlwind comes out. They get start getting super excited. Yeah. Then a stream of fire comes from the throne. They go and they dip themselves in the fire. Yeah. They dip their tongues in the fire so that they're pure. So <laughs> the worship is pure. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then they go and they put on a garment of praise and they cover themselves with cloaks of light. Mm. And then they go and they stand in the rows mm. and get ready to worship. Bam. <laughs> wow. At the time when the ministering angels utter three times the holy, then all the pillars of the heavens and their sockets do tremble, and the gates of the halls of the highest heavens are shaken, and the foundations of the universe are moved, and all the orders of the constellations and the planets are dismayed because the roaring voice of their chant, and because of the noise of their praise and the lightnings that go forth from their face. As it is written in Psalm seventy-seven, eighteen, the voice of your thunder was in heaven. Mm. The lightnings lightened the world. The earth trembled and shook. And Job 38, 7, when the morning stars sang together and all the children of heaven shouted for joy. Can you imagine 506,000 thousands of camps? <laughs> no, I each cannot camp, imagine this. <laughs> each camp with 496,000 angels shouting Holy, holy, holy at the same time. Can you imagine how loud that would be? No, Dean. (laughs) It's so loud that it shakes the foundations of the universe and the foundations of heaven. It's so loud that it causes the planets to tremble and the solar system to be dismayed. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) 
a lot of volume. That's a lot of voices at one time. Yeah. Maybe every time there's like, you know, there's these random extreme solar flares from the sun. <laughs> I never thought of that, but who knows? It Those could be. Random events might have something to do with like, wow. I wonder. Mm-hmm. When the ministering angels utter three times the holy, then all the letters that are engraved like a flaming style on the throne of glory fly off like eagles with wings, Mm. and they surround and compass the Holy One. Blessed be He on the four sides of the place of His Shekinah glory. Evidently, the entire Hebrew alphabet is inscribed on the throne, and it was with the letters of the Hebrew alphabet that the entirety of creation was created. The Hebrew alphabet is profound in that every letter has a number and a sound attached to it and also Mm. pictorial. So it's very creative. These letters are engraved with a flaming style on the throne. Mm. And when they cry, holy, 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 the creativity of God is ignited. Wow. These letters fly off and start flying around and they surround and encompass the Holy One and all four sides of the place of His Shekinah glory. Oh my goodness. So amazing. Yeah. (laughs) And the angels of the host and the flaming servants and the holy cherubim and the seraphim and the troops of consuming fire and the fiery armies and the flaming hosts and all the holy princes of heaven adorned with crowns, clad in kingly majesty, wrapped in glory, Mm. they all fall upon their faces three times and answer, blessed be the name of his glorious kingdom forever and ever. So first it's holy, 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 yeah. and then there's this answer, blessed be the name of his glorious kingdom forever and ever. <laughs> That's the song of heaven, and that happens repeatedly in heaven. It's quite a pictorial yeah. of a worship celebration in heaven. Yeah, Fascinating to me, it's, I don't know. Yeah, that's incredible. It'd be worth the price of admission. I think so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd like to take a vacation there, Except rather than going to Mexico. It'd be one of those ones. It's already hard sometimes to leave vacation back to reality. That's true. This would be impossible. You would never want to come back. Yeah. I think it's so interesting how descriptive it is of the preparation. Sometimes we treat worship so lightly, but these angels, they dip themselves in a flaming river of fire to purify yeah. themselves, just so that they can sing holy, holy, holy to the Most High sitting on his throne in heaven. They cleanse their mouth. Yeah. Of course, they live in a different place than we do, and they relate to God in a different way than we do. Mm-hmm. But still, yeah. this is a kingdom activity. Well, like Jesus said, the it's your heart that comes out through your mouth. Mm-hmm. There's something about coming to him in worship with the pure mouth because of the pure heart. Mm-hmm. It says in the book of Psalms, who will ascend to his holy mountain? Those who have clean hands and a pure heart. Yeah. So that goes in line with what you were just saying. We worship in spirit and truth. We have to come with that same truth, Mm -hmm. that same purity of heart. And for us, it's just a matter of honesty with the Father. He wants truth in the innermost being. Mm -hmm. So, Caritas, now I'd like to read Revelation chapter 4. And I'm going to read a few verses, and then I'll get you to carry on, and we'll go back and forth. Mm. Then, as I looked, I saw a door standing open in heaven, And the same voice I had heard before spoke to me like a trumpet blast. The voice said, come up here and I will show you what must happen after this. And instantly I was in the spirit or I was in spirit. And I saw a throne in heaven and someone sitting on it. 
the one sitting on the throne was as brilliant as gemstones like jasper and carnelian, and the glow of an emerald circled his throne like a rainbow. Around the throne were twenty-four thrones, and on the thrones I saw twenty-four elders sitting, clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their heads. And from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. In front of the throne was a shiny sea of glass, sparkling like crystal. In the center and around the throne were four living beings, each covered with eyes back and front. The first of these living beings was like a lion, the second was like an ox, the third had a human face, and the fourth was like an eagle in flight. Each of these living beings had six wings, and their wings were covered all over with eyes, inside and out. And they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living beings give glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down and worship the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever. And they cast their crowns before the throne, saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. For you created all things, and they exist because you created what you pleased. So once again, that phrase, whenever, is super interesting to me. It indicates that this happens over and over. A couple of other things in here that catch my attention And the elders lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, O God, to receive glory and honor and power. So how can you give someone glory, honor, and power if it hasn't been given to you? You can't give away what you don't have. Oh, snap! You can't return to God what he hasn't already blessed Mm. you with. So if he has given you glory, you return that back to him in worship. Wow. Has he given honor? Has he bestowed honor on your life? that can be returned to him in worship. What about power and strength? Hmm. What has he given us that we can return back to him? Everything is from, through, and to him. Hmm. It comes from him, through him, and it all has to go back to him. Wow. Whole different perspective on life. Yeah. When we think about worship from that perspective, Hmm. it gives a whole new meaning to worship the Father in spirit and truth. Mm -hmm. And evidently, he's looking for those who will worship in that way. Mm -hmm. What I thought we could do today, I don't know how this would go on a podcast, but I thought we could maybe end with a little bit of an activation. Okay. Because I feel like right now, we've had our eyes on heaven. And I feel like right now in our hearts, we're in spirit. So I feel like we're there. And you can kind of feel right now, even in our studio here, You can feel the presence of God. I don't know if those of you who are watching or listening can feel that or not, but it's definitely here. And so I thought what we would do is maybe just give people a chance to go there with us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so if you're able to, wherever you're listening, just put aside all distractions, except if you're driving. But just take the next few minutes just undistracted. I encourage you to find a space where you can come on this journey with us. Yeah, so what we're going to do, we're going to place ourselves before the throne. There's a few things I'd just like to say as we're quieting our hearts. Right now, we're in spirit. We've been talking about heaven. 
So let's just let the eyes of our heart focus on the kingdom of heaven. Let's go up. Let's go there together. It said, John heard a voice, and the voice said, come up here. So let's let ourselves hear that voice, come up here. It's kind of amazing to me that we can do this on a podcast, which can go all over the world, and we can all be doing this together all over the world. This kind of technology allows us to do things that we could have never done before. Yeah. Once again, worship doesn't require anything of us other than that we are focused on heaven, that's in spirit, and that we are honest in spirit and in truth. So the first thing that we want to do is we want to focus the eyes of our heart on heaven, and we want to come with honesty. So let's just open up our heart before the Father in honesty. We don't want to look at ourselves here, so we don't want to be sin conscious. What we want to do is we want to be God conscious. We want to open ourselves up, let Him look into us. We don't want to hide anything from Him. We want to be an open book to Him in every way. So the next thing that we want to do, because we're going before the king, is we want to take a minute to think of what's in our hands. In the case of the elders, they have crowns in their hands. But what do you have in your hand? What do I have in my hand? What are we going to cast before the throne? Ask the Holy Spirit what he's asking us to lay down before the throne. What glory has been given to us? What honor has been given to us? What have we been blessed with? What giftings, what power, what strength? These are all things that we can give to Him. Are there any dreams? Let's lay our dreams down, our relationships, our questions, our failures, our victories. Are we afraid of something? Have we been misunderstood? Have we created something for which we have been complimented? That's glory. How about our lives, our bodies, our hearts, our souls? These are all things that we can lay down. So we're going to take a minute and we're going to ask the Holy Spirit what we're going to lay down before the throne today. The in-truth part of worship is contained in the fact that there is no deceiving our Father. So let's be absolutely honest with him. There's no place more secure than the altar of worship. If he asks for something, let's determine to give it all and offer it with our whole heart because he is worthy of it all. Now we're going to place ourselves with the elders. They are very human people in heaven. They're full of love and acceptance. We are safe with them. They understand everything that we are going through because they once lived here on earth. We're not alone in our worship. The entire universe is doing the same thing that we're getting ready to do right now, returning all glory back to the place where it came from, to the Father of all creation. So at this point in time, the glory of heaven is surrounding us as we kneel, bowing before the feet of the Father, 
And we're together with the elders. Let's put our eyes on the worthy one with the Holy Spirit laid on our hearts. Let's cast it before him as an act of worship. Cast it before the throne and let go of it completely. Allow the fire of God's presence to consume it. Watch it burn. Now let's lift our eyes and let's put them on the Holy One, on the throne again. Is his head turning your way? Look at his face, look in his eyes. He's looking straight at each one of us. He's smiling. Those letters are jumping off the throne. His creativity is surrounding us and engulfing our hearts. His countenance is beaming with glory. And right now he's speaking. So be still and listen to what he's saying. So with everything surrendered, let him download new ideas into you. Let him bring clarity and even better plans than you had. Let his glory cover you, replenishing you with fresh power. Allow healing to come into your body. Let your strength be renewed. Let things drop off you. Allow transformation to happen in your heart. Give him place to transform you. As you go from glory to glory, let's be changed in his image. Let's empty ourselves out completely. Let's cast our lives before him, everything that we are, our bodies as a living sacrifice, everything we ever hoped to be, our future, our past, our present. It's all his and he's worthy of it all. He's worthy of our entire lives and everything that our existence encompasses. So now if we come back to our podcast again, let's just think about what we did. We went to the throne. We went in spirit. We came with honesty. We came in truth. We brought what he's given us and we cast it before him as an offering of worship. That is the essence of worship in spirit and in truth. The father turns his face towards us and he looks for people that will do that. That catches the attention of the father. So, Caritas? <laughs> what has God done? <laughs> what has God done? That's where we're going to end it today. We'll leave it there. Thank you guys for joining us this week for part two of the Mysteries of Worship. Yeah, we hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have. And we hope you have an awesome week. And we will see you again next Monday. Bye. Bye.